When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> I am yours. You are mine. We, we are, are what you are. I was outside getting my uh, laptop out of my car and like the beautiful canyon we live in, there's just Crosby, Stills and Nash just flowing over the road. That's my neighbor. She does it every day. Oh man. She's living in heaven. <laughs> living in heaven and your own private Every hell. day she's got to have her Crosby, Stills, huh? She took a lot of my favorite music and it's turned slowly shifting into psychological torture. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we share stories of high, uh, personal paranormal history with celebrity guests and tell tales of high strangeness. Yeah. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our trusty producer, Riley Bray. And today we are sitting up in Casa de Bray. Yeah. We're not in the studio. We're not in the actual clubhouse today. I thought we'd change it up, you know? It's nice. Man. Vibe, I like man. this vibe. I like it. You guys are really embracing the uh, the Joni Mitchell Trying to live that canyon lifestyle, like you know? Like I said, it's you're, working. You're acing it. I think, yeah. That's, <laughs> Thanks, guys. You, like, go outside, and instead of birds, you just hear James Taylor. It's pretty great. I can't get him to go away, man. He's been sitting in that creek. <laughs> let's let's weeks. trade houses for a week so you can do, I'll, I'll do canyon style. You try valley style for a while. Oh, I grew up in the valley, man. I had no valley style. Yeah. It's deep yeah. in my bones. Oh, man. We'll get into that in a little bit, Give maybe. Uh, we have a wonderful guest with us today. Uh, you know him as one part of the two-part writing team, Acker and Blacker. He's the creator, co-creator of Thrilling Adventure Hour. He as oh, I'm getting glares from him, make sure this gets all right. Um, oh, I don't care. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, you were a writer on Supernatural, right? At yes, one point, correct. I think a lot of our listeners are huge fans of that show. Mm -hmm. uh, he's written for Marvel Comics. He's yes. written for uh, Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Most recently, correct. the uh, young adult books, the Star Wars Join the Resistance. Awesome. This There's so many colons. I <laughs> the first book is Star Wars, colon, join the resistance. That's great. The second book is Star Wars, colon, join the resistance, colon, escape. From oh, Vodra. No. A third book coming soon. Star Wars Cullen. Join the Resistance Cullen. Attack on Starkiller Base. Starkiller Base does not have a Cullen. Okay, good. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ben Acker. Thank yeah. you for your at home clapping. That's so exciting. You you have like my ideal career. Is that awkward to say? I, I mean, he's writing for Star Wars and Marvel Comics. It is and, pretty much your your fantasy. And I know you're working on some stuff you can't even talk about. Can't even talk about secret biz. All oh, right. that's that's awesome. your that's your perfect career, right? Where you're like, secret I'm stuff. busy. Oh, what is it? Don't worry about it. I can't tell. You. I can't it's tell super you. great. You'd be jealous. NDA, <laughs> motherfucker. That means it's spicy. Uh, and when we started working on Star Wars books, uh, we were talking about. Uh, maybe getting a friend to do uh, a story about us. He worked at Wired or works at Wired. And we were planning a thing. To, oh, I can talk about this. We were planning to. Uh, <laughs> we did the show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour in the style oldie timey radio for a decade. And we had a bunch of great actors and microphones and sound effects and stuff. Oh, awesome. And we were talking about releasing cool. the information that we were working with Star Wars by doing like a read with our actors and the Star Wars, the original Star Wars script and sound effects oh, and score. And so we were talking to like the radio drama ones, the 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 the, Luke, the, the Star Wars radio drama. Doesn't matter. Never got that. Far. Okay, because um, that would have been great too. But that sure, all that. Um, anyway, so we were talking about uh, maybe Wired. We'll cover this thing, and they're like, "So go to your friend at Wired." And we said, "Well, we just on the way up here, we signed all these NDAs. How do we do that?" Right. They said, "Oh, we call them friend NDAs." 
Oh. <laughs> don't, nobody can tweet about it. And, Got don't, it. and don't tell everybody about right. it. Right. But if we're talking about talking about it, and probably I can't say any of this. Well, they don't listen, right? This will no, come out. I mean, no, you're fine. This is, this is a come secret out. podcast. This, we're in July. Totally we're in July podcast. right now. We're in July right oh, okay. now. So maybe it's okay. We'll find out. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Is whatever you're working's on already is out right now. Yeah, it's out. So you can, <laughs> you can just tell true. us. You can tell us. Are you doing uh, San Diego Comic Con this year? Uh, we are maybe, if we can get a place to stay. Mm. Anybody want to? Anybody listening up, at home, mm-hmm. listeners, shack it up. I looked at a Airbnb that's like ninety five bucks oh. a month a night, yeah. and oh. uh, but uh, for uh, for that week, four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time to get so, in the Airbnb business down in San Diego. Maybe I'll just do it early. Just go the week before. I think I'm going to be down there more than I thought, so that's good. We're doing. Where a, are you staying? Uh, I don't know yet. All right, well, keep me posted. That's yeah, the go. problem. See if you can get bunk beds. We can totally have a uh, slumber party. Well, tell ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. thematically so we'll relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You guys were talking before we started. Ben and Riley were talking about being tall guys mm-hmm. and how tall guys are quiet. They they go one way or the other. They're either they're either kind of like reserved and quiet or super boisterous, mm. right? Like your fall staff. Yes, yeah. classic boisterous, <laughs> tall guy, loudman. I'm wondering though, uh, does is this support for why no one has caught Bigfoot? He's because a real whisper man. Yeah, he's a super. Totally, we have evidence that. Tall guys are quiet, dudes. Ah. Yeah, two out of two tall guys surveyed. <laughs> yeah. That's just That's science. a 100% yeah. hit rate right yeah. now. Exactly. 100% of people, tall guys. What, are we supposed to interview 10? Yeah, come on. Um, so, yeah, so just uh, put that down in your little uh, Bigfoot notebook. So Bigfoot's just very polite, yeah, and he doesn't quiet. want to step on any toes. He's like, I take up space. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to. Take up space with my body. I don't, I don't want know. to take you, it out with my voice. You I'll hear look. some of those Sierra sounds that they recorded up in the Pacific Northwest, and he's not such a quiet guy. That's true. Yeah, he's pretty verbose when he's uh, when he's pissed off. Bryce, I forgot to ask you. I'm so sorry. How is your new album Sierra Sounds coming out? This <laughs> is Bryce narrating to the, <laughs> to the, the sounds, sounds of James Bigfoot. Taylor <laughs> playing Sweet acoustic. sounds of Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot's <laughs> wild calls. Is yeah, it the I only so- album based on a soda? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually right. Do you think Sierra Mist is Bigfoot's Soda of choice. Go-to drink. Sure. I think so. Over Mountain Dew. Code Red. Code Red. <laughs> now, guys, I'm late to this podcast, but are there recordings of Bigfoot? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why isn't it the news? <laughs> well, like, why, no yeah. one cares. Exactly. Except That's, for us. We're the news. <laughs> no, <laughs> look, there is a, such a thing as entertainment news. Yeah. There is limitless room for people to care about they things. Play it on coast, they used to play it on coast to coast all the time. No, that's actually a real thing. It's, it's called the Sierra Sounds. It's Let me about see if this, I can uh, find it. You know, this kind of uh, Bigfoot was haunting this uh, these grounds up, and I believe it was... The uh, ghost of Bigfoot? The g- g- no, ghost no, of no. Bigfoot? No. Very Scooby-Doo. Very fast. But then up in Washington, I think, and then a guy went out there with a microphone and some camera traps. Didn't get anything on the traps, but picked up some amazing stuff on on the microphone and... And uh, you know they called it they call it like samurai chatter is because it like it was very really? like really so Bigfoot's just doing like a sort of offensive impersonation <laughs> totally he was yeah. doing an impression of Broderick Crawford from Born Yesterday <laughs> pretty much I mean you know That's and then like, there's people at home that is a great reference yeah. <laughs> look that up. Google that you're gonna have to Google that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then, get, there, and then there's some other ones too. There's some other cases of good recordings. The but, whoop uh, is what I'm familiar with. Yeah, the whoop. Yeah, the whoop is 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 the really popular one. It's like a. Uh, there's you know. enough people who would care. Yeah, that it would go in the newspaper and people be like, oh, I the guess mainstream there's a media, or should I say, the lamestream media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about it? They don't want to play this shit. They yeah. don't want you to know the Why truth about not? Bigfoot. They're in the pocket of big, no Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the yeah. pocket of I, Littlefoot. Okay, yeah. here's some. Here's a a sound compilation. Why? Hold, hold that up to the mic. <clears throat> Let me see. I just want to make sure I play it for that. It's actually not just like a bounty. A ad. lot of times, it's just people hanging out. Well, and, and to answer your question, man, I think a lot. Anything. A lot of the mainstream, um, you know, news. They're just like, oh, that's just people doing the the voice, or that's just an old uh, wild hog up in the woods. You don't think there is. A serial style uh, podcast that would go out like with the auspices of news or mm. public radio at least, 
and get to the bottom of it if there was a bottom to get to. You, you are on that podcast right, <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, you're exactly. not. You're not leaving this lair. <laughs> we leave sometimes. Yeah, and you go. That's on. a great segue to p- plug our Patreon, where we do special episodes and reports. Check yes. it out. Yes. Are you guys hunting Bigfoot. Uh, we we did a little ghost hunting. That was Our, exciting. We do want to do a Bigfoot uh, hunt. We're Not planning with it. guns, but with flashlights. And love. Mm. A little Bigfoot flashlight tag, if you will. Uh-huh. I was reading something over Seth the weekend. love it. I was they reading do. something over the weekend that was, uh, it's hard to catch Bigfoot because he's psychic. And if you're coming oh, out sure. with guns or cameras, he already knows about it, and he doesn't want to let you see him. We just want to hang out with him. So... And again, I, I feel like this is probably not something you've kept a secret from your listeners. So <laughs> I feel like I'm forcing you to retread Once old again, ground. I think we tried this before. YouTube, if you're going to label your video Bigfoot Howl, you got to put some Bigfoot Howls on here. Yeah. Not 15 minutes of you and your dogs getting out of a truck. Yeah, no, those are pretty hard to find. I'll have to send you a link. I love um, dogs, love trucks, um, love Bigfoot hunters. Which order? Put them in order. Dogs. <laughs> Trucks. This is just a man laughing. All right, we'll find this. <laughs> that later. might be what Bigfoot sounds like. You don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah You don't yeah. know, bro. Bigfoot I'm has Terry a sweet Bigfoot. I think yeah. stuff is amusing. Recording. Yeah. Where, where do you stand Bigfoot. on Bigfoot, Ben? You, uh, you a believer? I am like I I I feel like I'm a skeptic, mm-hmm. but I want. Okay, here's my thing about all of this. Yes. Right, and I feel like it is interesting, arguably. Yeah. So. Generally speaking, I don't believe it, right? Uh, but if you are a person with a Bigfoot story or a ghost story or an experience or anything, I 100% believe you. Yeah. All right. Right? Totally. Um, I love people. I love perspective. So, like, I'm on board for what they believe to be true. I love stories. Yeah. So, I love the idea that, like, the the comforting notion of a, an out there yeah, it is embodied and embraced and spoken of and believed in in a way that like is more interesting I, than like a standard thing, like a Bible-y thing yeah. or like a Republican-y thing. But like, yeah, let's get together on this tree is a place where a nexus forms between realities. And so therefore, obviously a Bigfoot. Like yeah. and that makes people feel the warm they felt as a kid. At oh, Christmas. so it sounds as if you are a believer in the interdimensional Bigfoot theory. I'm a believer in the people who believe it. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's what he was saying. And so it's because, like, if you put, if you put any like, isn't the Loch Ness monster say? How is that not a thing that's starved to death? Like, unless there's a, a an environment of them, right. right, to reproduce. There's a lot of catfish in Loch Ness. Sure, and I'm not advocating the idea for the idea that catfish are made up. I think there's catfish in Loch catfish. Are I'm on board with. Right. That's not, I don't care about your, if you were like, nah, I don't think catfish are real. I'd be yeah. like, interesting. They are real. Yeah. Catfish are real. I are read, they though? I don't know. Is any of this real? I, who can tell? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm. Oh, and also I could be wrong. That's yeah. The, no. Hey. That's the blanket I'll put on all of it. So I, I no, I, I, I like where you're coming from. It's like, and, and you know, we said on this show that, uh, you know, dur- during these, like, whatever you call them, sightings or paranormal happenings, you know. Um, we've deduced that the observer plays an integral part as to what's taking place. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you see a guy who says he saw a Bigfoot, you don't think that guy's crazy. You believe that he saw Bigfoot. Well, I guess... You believe that he believes he saw Bigfoot. He be- or, yeah, or enough of it. Like, I'm going to be more How for- much of Bigfoot would he have to friends. see? <laughs> How much of Bigfoot would he have to see? This is the thing, believe? like... A guy like you're, you're bringing is me it a like full frontal guy. Bigfoot, yeah. yeah. And I'm saying, okay, right. right. But if it's like guy. my friend at a party and people are talking about like, oh, uh, uh, ghost this and like, oh, I was I lived growing up, I lived in this great house and it was built on this and then this happened and then that happened. Yeah. Like, great right. on board. Someone's like, nah, ghosts aren't real. I'm like, hey, that happened, right? But ghosts aren't real. Like you're both right, totally. Yeah, uh, but like, like a guy. I don't know that guy. Yeah. I don't Got know. It. I don't know him anything. So credibility is important to you. <laughs> well, I guess if if you're if the question is, do you believe this guy, this made up guy? <laughs> you have to answer now. I okay. think credibility. Tell me more about this guy. What if Let's I make told, up some more what stuff if I, about yeah. him? So what, yeah. what if I told you I saw a guy yeah. who saw a Bigfoot? I believe that you saw a guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can get this to work. Okay, here we go. Oh, he's found his house. Let's do it live. Let's get it on the day. God. 
This is riveting. Should we find a Should we find a segue to it? Hey, what are you doing on that computer? Yeah, right. (laughs) Mike's on the computer, everybody. Going down the rabbit hole. Sounds like a Xerox machine. Yeah. Wrong end. This is bullshit. That's just unintelligible. Did we just... Did we just see Michael realize there's no such thing as Bigfoot? No, I've heard the recording. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. this should be easier bullshit. to find on YouTube. <laughs> MysteriousUniverse.org. <laughs> guys, I quit. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go find me a Dracula. See you guys. <laughs> yeah. A Dracula. Just the one. <laughs> there we go. No human being could possibly make a noise like that. Only yeah, one. that's more like the uh, the howl one. They sound like that. They sound like a. They sound like uh, tornado warnings, <laughs> tornado alarms. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, oh my god! Is there some Bigfoots in here? Well, Jeez. but if you heard that out in the middle of the woods, yeah. at night, like it's... no, nothing like that around. I don't know. Except I couldn't some listen. I could not provide the, the I yeah, could not provide the, solid uh, evidence. Will you prove Bryce a Bigfoot or not? I'm gonna in this get episode. Bryce is gonna corner me out at my car after this and be like, "Don't you fucking dude? If ever you ever do that again, bring that bullshit <laughs> back wow. on this podcast." Wait, why would he have to do it now? You just did it. <laughs> well, yeah, that means he's really gonna do it. Oh. You're in trouble. You don't. So, You're so in trouble. Uh, what, uh, what, I, uh, forgive me. What is the pecking order of this podcast? Because I'm making no a lot of eye contact. With you. It goes Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. No, I aliens, mean among the hosts. Ghosts. That's pretty accurate. Like Chupacabra. Who's in, who's in charge? <laughs> Which one should I defer to more? Oh, hey, we're all. It's a thirty-three point three percent. We are. It's we a are, power vacuum. Yeah. We're a triangle. We're a Bermuda's triangle. Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. Thematically relevant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, personal paranormal history-wise, this means that you yourself have not. Seen, witnessed, experienced anything that you cannot explain? Correct. But uh, when I was a wee child. Okay, this is fine. We'll see. I mean, I only just started the story. Okay. (laughs) I definitely had vivid dreams of scary things that affected my waking life. Okay. Does that count? Sure. Great. This has been a fun podcast. <laughs> Appreciate your validation. You're in the club. All right. Well, what do you mean? Well, like I dreamed of um, hanging out at my friend's house and a ghost knocking on the door. And it was like, oh, I know that to be a ghost. By A our... gentleman caller? <laughs> no, he was not gentle and not a man. Mm. Um, what was he like? It was, uh, it was the way he knocked. That was like, oh, that's for sure a ghost. Like just a solemn like poof, poof, poof. And me going like. In a bed, like sleeping over at my friend's house, going, "Who is it?" Like, uh, what, what? Like anyone else who owned the house, it was a sleepover. Would have just like ding ding, opened the door. So it clearly wasn't uh, the Ragsdales. It was, resp- I, I, "Who is it?" Tum, tum, tum. Like, oh, uh, uh, who is it? I guess I was a young Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, who's, who's there? Uh, please identify yourself. An unearthly <laughs> knock. Yeah, like a scary, ominous knock that was just In like, your dreams. I assume it was a dream. Oh, just, yeah. you heard this uh, as a kid. So no, this yeah, happened no, this sleeping totally over town. at the Ragsdales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you also friends with the Rockefellers and the... Carnegie. Is, is Ragsdale a, a famous rich person? I don't know. Name? It sounds it just rich sounds to me. Um, the Vanderbilts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was friends with all those uh, old timey people. So you heard <laughs> ghost form? Did you hear it every time was, you were staying no, at a friend's house? No, one time. Just one time. Huh? See, that's a story. Yeah, that, that's why I told it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I um, thought you were saying it was a dream. It is a dream. No, it's not. It happened in a dream, uh, but it affected my life. It was like, oh yeah, ghosts. That's a thing. Like, uh, let's get out of that scary basement. Let's run as fast as we can out of that basement. Yeah. You yeah. know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I had a recurring dream of aliens. Ooh, Ooh you might have been abducted. That. Probably was. Let's hear it. Because uh, like, this might be, you might need to go see a hypnotherapist. <laughs> let's yeah, regress. For science. Now. Yes. Um, there was, like every couple of whatever, I don't know, increments when you're a child. Mm-hmm. Who can tell? Uh, it wasn't calendar stuff. But it was like I would go down to the, the TV room. And my parents would be taking uh, coffee or tea with some aliens, and they'd be like, "Hey, it's it's that time of year again." And the aliens would go, "Okay, we're doing this thing," and they would make like pressure build up in my head until like 
it just built up all the way like a tea kettle. And then I was like, I hate this stuff. Weird. Right. And so your parents were down there with the aliens. Mm-hmm. Can you describe what the aliens looked like? Nope. Hmm. You I don't would. want to or you can't? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't remember. In, right. Like, this was very young. Did you ever see anything in pop culture after that you went, oh, that feels like that? Nope. Hmm. You don't remember any spaceship about it? No. Okay. You know what, No, but ben? I saw... Are you calling my dreams a liar? No, I'm just saying, I'm looking over you, I'm like, you're sort of a Rubik's Cube of a human here. Just as we're getting three of the colors lined up, then a blue turns up where I don't want it. <laughs> right. I'm going to figure you out. If it was like, if, if you were like, wait, were you really awake? And I was like, yep. <gasps> yeah. That's yeah. what you want. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. not what happened. Yeah. Uh, also, I had a thing where I was convinced that I had to cover my neck uh, going to sleep. Uh, to keep the vampires from being tempted by all that delicious neck. Now, wow, <laughs> right, right. All that sweet, sweet neck meat. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you had a vivid imagination for uh, wow. for oddities. Pre-professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where, where, uh, <laughs> where did you get this fear of vampires from? I, apparently, I really liked vampire stuff. I couldn't tell you, like, what uh, specific things I saw as a kid that were vampire but I'm reading Salem's Lot right now. Oh, okay. And I... Just the first vampire thing, like vampire attack just happened. And I was like, this reminds me of childhood, like that excitement right. about reading this. So I must have read some vampire books. Vampires never mm-hmm. freaked me out that badly. I guess there was like minute. There was like oh, a you minute. know what? Lost tell Boys? You. No, I had a book called The Creature Catalog. Do you know this book? Ooh. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It was like, uh, oh, I think it was the Berenstein's, uh, from Berenstein Bear's son, Wrote a collection. It was just a collection of monsters and folklore and creatures and sci-fi things. Oh yeah, and descriptions. So like the big ones, the werewolf. Right, was this really well-drawn werewolf attacking people, and then like a, a two-page spread of it, and then a description of like werewolf. Oh, this lore. is very cool. And, I remember uh, checking this out from the library. But like there would be little sections by Mike of, like, Berenstein. Mm-hmm, there would be little sections of like here's just a bunch of sci-fi crap from the fifties, but um, j- cool drawing and like here's what a triffid is. Like it was real. Like it was. I didn't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I imagine it's like a Dungeons and Dragons. It's a go-to um, catalog of <laughs> sure monstery or shit. Sounds awesome. Right. We need it was that. so good. Yeah, I mean, I was probably the perfect age for it. I would also just like to point out that the Berenstain Bear uh, parallel universe theory also pertains to Mike Berenstain because his name is spelled Berenstain. So. Yeah, we 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 talked about this in an earlier episode that uh, everybody recalls sure. it being Stein with an E I N. When it's actually an AIN. Yeah, the Mandela never was. effect. Never yeah. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, never, never happened. Oh, these are cool. Oh, look, this is the this is that sweet neck neck uh illustration. Oh, yeah, that's scared guy. of. Look at that little Well that and I think the cover had a big vampire. Oh yeah, he too. does. There's a big old uh version like, of Dracula. Like a but a cockeyed one, yeah. as I recall. Yeah. Look at that. that? It's right. so good. Very oh, cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. put this oh, up on the show sweet. link so you guys can see this. No, for uh, some reason, it's a strange thing. It's like I never was like scared by like vampires, werewolves, or like mummies, but uh-huh. you know, aliens, ghosts, and uh, and uh, demons. You know mm-hmm. that 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 got that was to your me. jam. Yeah, that was uh, my jam. There was also the books, the Universal horror books. Mm-hmm. You know about those? You've talked mm-hmm. um, the Universal monsters. Your Frankenstein, your Dracula. Oh yeah, the Universal monsters. Uh, sure, they put out these little hardcover orange uh, books. Oh yeah, that you could get at the library. That like. Each one was the movie just told, and I think with photographs in them. Sure. And, I, and young, I got to those. So that might have seeded. These. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Influenced, yeah. Mm. I remember that King Kong one for sure. King Kong on the cover. So what scares you today? Um, scared of jail. Okay. That's like just thing. as kind of like a, 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 a thing. Like um, if, my nightmares, if, if my nightmares are to be believed, I'm scared of losing my car and not making a flight. <laughs> okay. Uh, those tend to be my anxiety. These are very dreams. practical right. dreams. You oh, sure. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm, afraid of time, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm afraid losing of time. your car. Like, where did I park? Uh, not where did I park? I parked it right there, and it's gone. When oh. did I park? Mm-hmm. What did I? <laughs> what car, did I car? Car. I know what I <laughs> But why did I forget it? Right. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. So you're not is my nightmare. My nightmare is very like on the nose. Yeah. You're gonna just... miss that flight. I yeah. need to get on that flight. Sounds, no, sounds work related. I can't. I can't because my car's gone. How am I going to get there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got on that plane. It yep. took your spot on the plane. My car is riding on the 
on the plane. Now that would be silly. That, but that would be a great seat to have on a plane when they can fit a car. Am I right? Another tall person. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so uh, going down uh, the oh, oh, which reminds me, you got to play your game. You got to play my game in a minute. Um, I have a feeling where should most we, of the we, all right, we're going to take a quick break, to, uh... and when we come back, we're going to play our new game. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode. And we're back, and it's time for a new segment called Bullshit or Believe It. Mm. It's a rapid-fire question game. How totally lame of you. I know. It's inspired. I just actually, well, not just, but I have played this with Andy and Liz on their show. Okay, so here we go. You will say bullshit or believe it. And this is about what I feel about it. Yeah, not, what not, do you feel about it? Not as, It's subjective. Yes, subjective. Okay. Not All as right. if a friend saw it at a party. Right. So, but, like, I'm not answering for someone in newlywed game style. We're going to match answers. Yeah, that's right. All right. Okay, ready? This is still in the... We're still workshopping this, by the way. You're one of the, so, still one of the few to do this. All right. I could make or break this game. Yeah, it could. Basically. Short we, answer. I might, Bullshit I might, believe. Yes. All right. Okay, what just walked by the window there? I just saw something walk by believe. the window. A Bigfoot. <laughs> how many times <laughs> have we, we said... Big, how many times have we said Bigfoot? If you say Bigfoot 42 times, one appears. Everybody knows that. That's, that's science. That's, Everybody knows that. Those are just facts. Okay, ready? Believe that I am ready. Oh, go. Brother. Thematic. Oh. Here we go. One... <laughs> Two, three. Ghosts. Eh. Bullshit. Alien greys. Bullshit. Angels. Oh, bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. JFK assassination conspiracy. I read a good book about it, but it was fiction. <laughs> so, but believe. Bullshit. Believe it. Yeti. <laughs> bullshit. Unicorns. Oh, bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Eh. Bullshit. Reptilians disguising themselves as humans. Bullshit. Mermaids. <laughs> Bullshit. Heaven. <laughs> Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Dragons. Bullshit. Elves. Bullshit. ESP. Bullshit. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. Bullshit. Faith in your career. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah. so we got a real Where non-believer here. Where did you think that here. game was going? I don't yeah, know. That's, uh, pretty much where I thought that Let's talk about that JFK uh, conspiracy. And that's why that question's in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really a right. control did, question. Didn't they release papers saying that there was some kind of conspiracy? I don't follow it. You tell I, us. Uh, We're not the, a big conspiracy con- uh theory here's the thing that like there's stuff that people don't know about it there's mysterious stuff i don't know maybe but there was a james elroy book i want to say american tabloid Mm. yes that i read and i was like this is so good and look i'm learning about jfk and what was that the mob did it the mob the the uh the other mob like the americans the cubans yeah the fbi the cia something like that there's a lot of interesting theories i was reading it going oh this is great because i am learning about this thing i don't know about right and then i went it is fiction (laughs) Mm, or right. speculative at least yeah so i didn't learn anything right other than that if you ask me a question like that i'll be like nah, i read something about it but it was you just described every episode of the show Great. so you're fine i i heard a cool theory uh which if it's true it's a real bummer for everybody involved i mean not that the assassination wasn't already bad enough but um there was this theory that um the one that i heard recently that i'm like that kind of might be was that one of the secret service guys who was running alongside the motorcade Mm. after the first shot uh when everyone was panicking his uh gun went off Mm. and shot Kennedy, which was the second fatal shot that killed him. Yeah. And that one of the reasons there was a big cover up was that Lee Harvey Oswald took the first shot or what, you know, I can't remember. There's like three or four shots, but the fatal one was it was friendly fire when everybody freaked out and panicked. And so there's this whole because there was there was this whole thing that happened afterwards where um, when LBJ, I think I heard this on a cracked podcast, actually, but uh, when LBJ got into office um, there are all these like weird interview statements that he made about the Secret Service and how bad they were and how they were going to probably end up killing him that all seems like really non sequiturs. Mm. 
and that some of those Zapruder footage that was missing could have been like the government editing out that stuff because they didn't want that Lee Harvey Oswald had shot him. But then the thing that and he may have died, but the thing that definitely killed him was his friendly fire shot from one of the uh, Secret Service guys running running alongside the motorcade. Interesting. Which he must that's been, a big PR disaster. He must have been so embarrassed. I, well, <laughs> think about it. It would be tragic. You had I, one I've, job. Uh-huh. I've been to that place in <laughs> Dallas, and uh, it, it is uh, it's an amazing. It's like a historical site, and there's actually on that street right where he shot. There's a there's a little X um, on the street, and you know you can stand there, and it's just it's overall creepy. Um, and then we were, we were actually ended up filming in. Um, in uh, the place where Jack Ruby was shot, and one of the uh, the maintenance workers, uh, what do you call the? He ran, he kind of ran the building. Um, but anyway, he let us. He like let a us super. Yeah, the superintendent of the place. He let uh, me and this other guy kind of go up and explore. Um, you know the old cells where you know they supposedly kept Lee Harvey Oswald. It was really creepy, really creepy for sure. And there was I, there was stuff written uh, on the inside of the cell wall too. I mean, it'd be a better story if I remembered what it was, but. Um, that was something that scared me as a kid mm-hmm. was from reading books about it. I had a um, about what was uh, Kennedy assassination? the Kennedy assassination, but in particular, Lee Harvey Oswald. I was scared of Lee Harvey Oswald. I thought I was going to see Lee Harvey Oswald's ghost. Mm. Like, that's what I was scared of. I had this um, my civics teacher in seventh grade. I think it was seventh or maybe eighth grade was obsessed with the Kennedy assassination and all for the whole month of November, he just taught us about the Kennedy conspiracy. It was like taking <laughs> a great. class. Like irresponsible. Uh, we got extra credit there. for going to see JFK by Oliver Stone. And I got so into it, but also at the same time, I was so freaked out by the whole thing. Cause it totally got in my head, but it was an awesome class. It was like the most fun I had in middle school, which was otherwise a pretty miserable time. But, um, I just remember him like analyzing the photo of Lee Harvey Oswald holding the rifle that's supposedly taken in his front yard, but like the head looks like it was pasted onto a body. And he was like, we have new technology coming out where we're going to be able to strip away the layers of photographs. We're going to be able to see whose face is under that real, you know, of course, none of this stuff ever happened, but, um, it was really, he was really big on that and he was really big on voting for Ross Perot. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Memories right there. No, right. National Geographic, they released a, a, a documentary, I believe it was a couple of years ago. I, I wish I knew more about it, but uh, they did an excellent job at kind of like summing up that, you know, that basically Lee Harvey was the, the sole shooter. And he found like... Well, so on, you don't believe in the conspiracy stuff at all? Well, no, I believe that uh, that he was the sole, the sole shooter, but I, I believe Gunman. he was a, a patsy, you know what I mean? I believe he was, you know, put there in, on purpose. Um, but they, they found like a... Bull, uh, like a this bullet marking on the back of a, of a, of a stoplight. Anyway, it was kind of like the missing bullet that put it all together. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, this is not a really our area of expertise, not our area of expertise. And I am, but what do you have? No, I just got excited that you, I was like, Oh, what is their expertise area? And then Bigfoot. Yeah. But back to Bigfoot. It all popped in. I was like, yeah, there's there's a title of the show. I I remember what it is. All right. Great. Like, uh, yeah. We'll see. And like, I, I know I said bullshit for every one of those because it's like, do you believe that's a thing that's fine. around? But like, I do believe in the power of like the, the myth, you know? Right. Like, I dig that side of it. Well, sure. I'm, I might like, be I able to change your stuff. mind on uh, on UFOs after this, our story of high strangeness. Oh. Because it is, a, it is a, one of the most famous cases in UFO lore. I don't even know what we're doing this week. And, so uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time for high strangeness. High strangeness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back with High Strangeness. Bryce, it's your turn this week. All right. I don't know what you're doing. This is fun. It's been a while since you... Uh... I'm trying to turn Ben into a believer. Okay, so great. I feel like Scully. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right reference. Yes. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm excited because this is actually the first time in a while mm. that I don't know what you're going to do. Okay, cool. Well, this is a legendary case um, in ufology, and this is the Socorro Saucer. Um, now, on April 24th, and it's a close encounter of the third kind, so I think you'll like it. Also a- known as close encounters of the best kind. <laughs> Right. On April 24th, 1964, a 31-year-old sergeant, Lonnie Zamora of the Socorro, New Mexico Police Department, was in hot pursuit of an unruly speeder on U.S. Highway 85 when all of a sudden he heard a loud roar 
and he saw bright bluish and orangish flames in an area not too far off in the distance. Now, knowing that there was a dynamite shack around there and thinking there might have been an explosion, Lonnie made a life-changing decision to abandon the car chase and head over to the area in search of the cause of the noise and the flames. Eventually, he came across what he thought was an upturned car and two small occupants standing next to it, both dressed in what he described to look like white coveralls. Now, Zamora radioed police headquarters and reported that he was going to investigate what he believed to be an automobile accident, thinking that possibly it was their gas tank that maybe it exploded. Um, proceeding up to the road to a point where he could observe the object, which was in a gully, Zamora stopped his car, got out, and headed towards the object, and that's basically, and, and its occupants, and that's kind of where the shit hits the fan. Um, from here, I'll read you an undated CIA report obtained by the Freedom of Information Act as the story continues. The object was on girder-like legs, white, and egg-shaped or oval. As he approached, Lonnie Zamora, the object, there were some noises and flame and smoke began to come from the bottom of the vehicle. The noise increased from low pitch to high pitch and was different from that of a jet or helicopter and not like anything Sergeant Zamora had ever heard. The flame was blue like a welder's torch, turning to orange or yellow at the ends. Thinking that the object was going to explode, he became frightened, he turned, ran back to get behind the police car, bumping his legs and losing his glasses on the way. He crouched down, shielding his eyes with his arm, while the noise continued for another ten seconds. At this time, the noise stopped and he looked up. The object had risen to a point about 15 to 20 feet above the ground, and the flame had ceased to come from the object. The object had a red marking, about one foot or maybe 18 inches in height, shaped like a crescent with a vertical arrow and a horizontal line underneath. The object hovered in this spot for several seconds and then flew off in a southwest direction following the center of the gully. It cleared the dynamite shack by not more than three feet. He watched the object disappear in the distance over a point on Highway 85, about six miles from where he was standing. The object took about three minutes to travel that far. Disappearance was by fading in the distance, and at no time did he observe the object rise more than 20 feet off the ground. So that's the actual CIA report. Now, Zamora had kept radio contact with police headquarters, and while proceeding to the location, um, since the state police used the same frequency, his call was monitored by a Sergeant Sam Chavez of the New Mexico State Police. Zamora had attempted to direct Chavez to the location, but unfortunately for him, he took a wrong turn and missed the sighting. Um, when he did eventually reach Zamora, three minutes after the object had disappeared, he found that, in quotes, Sergeant Zamora was pale and upset at what he had witnessed. Sergeant Chavez was skeptical of the situation and proceeded to where Zamora had seen the UFO. Here, he found marks and burns on the ground and smoke that appeared to be coming from a bush which was burned, but no flames or coals were visible. The marks were fresh and no other marks were in the area. Sergeant Chavez secured the area and contacted local military authorities. As the other officers and investigators arrived, they discovered deep landing marks and small footprints on the ground. FBI and Air Force personnel soon joined local authorities in the investigation and also observed the burn debris where the object had sat. Measurements were taken by authorities that verified four indentations on the ground where the craft landing legs had dug into the ground. Now, Zamora's reputation was that of a well-respected, reliable police officer with no hint of impropriety in his life, personal or professional. He described the event in detail to all who reviewed the case, including renowned UFO investigator J. Allen Hynek, who represented the Air Force's Project Blue Book at the time of Zamora's sighting. Um, immediately after this sighting, he made a drawing of the insignia he saw on the side of the craft, and I have a picture of that here for you. This is actually Lonnie Zamora's um, his own drawing. You want to describe what you're looking at there, Ben? It checks out. That's all you need to. <laughs> it's all you need to know. It checks what do, out. What is it for our audience at home? And we'll post this, of course, in our show notes and on our Instagram page. Uh, but imagine us. Uh, imagine it. Well, am I describing the? Yeah. The, oh, the insignia. Yeah. The, what is it? Or either one? What are you looking at? Looking at a, a, a pretty realistic photograph <laughs> of a, a police officer man looking at a spaceship taking off. Is that smoke or is that That's the ground? bluish flame. That's the ground. That's a representation, that picture mm -hmm. you're looking at. But what you're looking at below is actually Lonnie Zamora's. All right. Um, yeah, he that's signed his it. own drawing, and he, he signed the it. The insignia is, a, is an oval. That's the ship. Oh, okay. So the insignia is like a crescent moon, but a, like worn like an eyebrow atop a triangle with a, a line underlining an underlined triangle. Cool. 
it's that's what you'd do if you were an alien. Sweet logo. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were a band. And it was oh, yeah, red, totally. right? It was a bright red logo, correct? Yeah, it was a bright red logo. Um now, Hector, cool. Hector Quintanilla Jr., the former head of Project Blue Book, went on to state there's no doubt that Lonnie Zamora saw an object which left quite an impression on him. There was also no question about Zamora's reliability. He is a serious police officer, a pillar of his church, and a man well-versed in recognizing airborne vehicles in his area. He's puzzled by what he saw, and frankly, so are we. This is the best documented case on record, and still we have still been unable, in spite of thorough investigation, to find the vehicle or other stimulus that scared Zamora to the point of panic. Now, afterwards, the case received a great deal of press and a lot of attention by UFO groups around the world. The one negative kind of being that um, that Zamora was considered reliable by everyone who knew, but he was the sole witness of that particular event. Naturally, any report given more weight when multiple witnesses are involved. Um, later, there would come to substantiate more witnesses, but uh, that's another thing. Zamora took such ridicule, ridicule and uh, kidding from members of the police force and local community that he retired two years after the incident. Um, wow, really? Yeah. While the Zamora case does not prove the existence of extraterrestrial life, there is no doubt that some type of unusual craft with occupants did land and take off again. Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who interviewed Zamora on more than one occasion, believes every word that Zamora said, however, offers no explanation for his sighting and remains one of the few cases labeled unknown in the annals of Project Blue Book. In Hynek's own words, there is much more evidence to indicate that we are dealing with a most real phenomenon of undetermined origin. Now, a man named Ray Stanford, he kind of wrote the authoritative book on the subject, um, and the book is titled Socorro Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry. Um, Stanford arrived. Say that again. It's called Socorro Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry. That's in an a awesome yeah, title. Pentagon it's an awesome pantry. title, and it's cool. actually out of print. You you can't find this anywhere. You can actually contact the uh, uh, Ray Stanford, who's still around, and he will get you a copy of his book and even sign it. He is the authority on this. On this challenge accepted. Uh, yeah. Now, Stanford arrived on the scene four days after the initial sighting, conducted his own investigation, and discovered what appeared to be metallic debris scraped onto a rock. The particles had apparently been scraped onto the rock by one of the UFO's landing legs, of which he took samples. Ray and some members of the NICAP, which stands for National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, visited— They were kind of like the original MUFON. Yeah. They Mutual visited UFO Network. NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center at Greenbelt, Maryland, in order to have the rock with particles of metal on it analyzed by NASA scientists. Dr. Henry Frankel, head of the Spacecraft Systems Branch— directed the analysis of that rock in which he stated upon conclusion, I have some news that I think will make you happy. Quote, the particles are comprised of a material that could not occur naturally. Specifically, it consists predominantly of two metallic elements, and there is something that is rather exciting about the zinc-iron alloy of which we find the particles to consist. Our charts um, allows... Uh, our charts of all all alloys known to be manufactured on Earth, the USSR included, do not show any alloy of the specific combination or ratio of the two main elements involved Set here. during the Cold War. The findings definitely oh. strengthens the case that might be made for an extraterrestrial origin of the Socorro object, end quote. Now, Dr. Frankel added that the alloy would make an excellent, highly malleable and corrosive-resistant coating for a spacecraft landing gear or for about anything where those qualities are needed. He also said that he was prepared to make a statement before congressional hearing to this effort, to this effect. Now, unfortunately, when Stanford tried to get Dr. Frankel back on the phone a few weeks later, he was told by a Thomas P. Siaka Jr., also of NASA's Spacecraft Systems Branch, that Dr. Frankel is no longer involved with the matter and that everything you were told earlier by Dr. Frankel was a mistake. Which begs the question, if what Zamora saw was not of extraterrestrial origin, where did it come from, why did it land, and who were the strange occupants? And that's the story of the Lonnie Zamora incident, uh, otherwise known as the Socorro Saucer. There's one part of this. I love this story. Mm. Great job. Too, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well read. Um, there was uh, there's also one element that was left out that I always really like in this story is that when he's pulling around in the patrol car, mm -hmm. he like had to go 
kind of around a bend that overlooked the gully that the craft was in. Yeah. And you could see as he was approaching, like you said, the, the occupants outside the craft in the white jumpsuit. Right. And then when he had to pass like across, like there was a, a like rock. Yeah. There's formation. Yeah. And there was some rock formation that blocked his view temporarily. Yeah. And then, so when he came over, he could no longer see the occupants as he got out of the car and he, but he could hear Metal slams, he said, like hatch a hatchway closing. Yeah, metallic which I lo- door slam. Yeah, before yeah. did you say? Did you mention? No, that? I didn't. I love that because it kind of gives it a little personality too. Like they saw him coming and they jumped back in the ship. Well, that was supposedly they were like, like a cop. They're like yeah. the cops oh, in here. Cops. No, I mean that's what that's what they stated is like you know um, in another one of his reports because he did an interview the day after which he goes into uh, all kinds of extensive detail about what he saw. He was like, as soon as I saw these, and he described them as like what only could look like children, yeah. like two and a half feet tall. They were child size, um, and he couldn't get it. And you know the rep- they were like Snickers fun size. Yeah, right. Of and, people, and yeah. they asked him, you know, were they human? And he said, I, I I can't tell you that. He was a very you know professional observer well, had um, he lost his glasses by that point well no 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 uh, that's when he was driving in that, the car yeah right. that's when he was driving he didn't lose his glasses until the thing started to take i know off. i love that part too it's yeah. so like you know uh science oh, i did lose my glasses I, I but not before glasses. i got a great look at them um sorry you yeah, don't need your glasses to see a giant white egg flying in the sky yeah no and and you know there were um Ray Stanford went around around town, and he he discovered more witnesses that saw that same type of craft. That was my next question for you, was who were the other witnesses? There was was a family, uh, a a husband and a wife with their kids. In the car, right? Yeah, they were in a car. They were pulling into a gas station, and and, uh, apparently this thing buzzed right over their car. And uh, he went up to the gas station attendant. He's like, you know, you're you're whatever you're flying around here off flies awfully close, you know. That's right. Um, but they got a good look at it. And then when Ray Stanford um, went around to find these people, because you know the the mil- the authorities did a pretty um, lackluster job of like you know following up and doing all these interviews. It was really Ray Stanford's legwork and uh, and gumshoe leather that kind of you know put this case on its map. But um, yeah, and then so he he they described also that same sort of um, metallic oval shaped um, white object. Um, All right, when we come back from this break, we're going to ask our guest, "What the hell was that?" Hey guys, it's Michael, and if you're a fan of Bigfoot Collectors Club, then you must be a fan of cool stories. Well, guess what? A comic I created and wrote called Adventure Van is coming out this summer, and you can pre-order issue number one all June long through your local comic book store. What is Adventure Van? It's a sci-fi fantasy comedy about a sensitive artist from Kansas named Corey Biggs who discovers that he's secretly the lost prince of a distant kingdom overrun by an evil monster. And it features so many elements of the things that we talk about right here on the show. Strange encounters in the woods, large hairy creatures, UFOs, parallel dimensions, and yes, it has portals. Not to mention a tricked out magical airbrushed 80s camper van. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, go to your favorite comic book store and tell them that you want to order Adventure Van number one, written by me, illustrated by the super awesome Ryan Cody. Seriously, this guy is good. And published by Golden Apple Books. Adventure Van. back but before we get started mm. i wanted to say something else bryce yes your arms look really good it's <laughs> summertime you. you're wearing short sleeves sun's out guns out buddy yeah the Damn. light's coming in through the window <laughs> and there was like a really sexy photo that um that was posted on instagram of riley the other day yes i'm discovering that i'm, Thanks, guys. I'm becoming really sexually attracted to both of you i hope that's okay i'm comfortable is that okay that. for me to say yeah i can handle that we think it helps bring credence to these stories. <laughs> it does. No, but nice work, man. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. I got a lot of catching up to no, do. No, you're, you're fine. You're doing, you're doing great. You're so easy on the eyes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, ben. What the I, hell was that? I, 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 what the hell was that? I think that's just the truth. Yeah. Uh, arms are great. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Um, did I offend you? No, no, not at all. all. Right. I love that. Offended I love compliments. with compliments. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, you are handsome. No offense. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think that was? What do you think, oh, Sergeant? A- alien spaceship. Lonnie Zamora Gun. saw. Uh, alien, obviously. Yeah. Based on the clues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alien spaceship. 
Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> the Done. What, like, what else could it be? The Soviets. Well, you know, now a lot of it's. They said something about it couldn't have been the Soviets. Yeah, a skeptic during you know, the Cold War. Just to kind of play devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. the skeptics had a heyday with this one, mm-hmm. and 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 this is where it gets like this is where these you know skeptics really you kind of like. So uh, some debunkers suggested that the whole affair was a hoax. Um, A Harvard astronomer, Donald Menzel, first suggested that Zamora had been the victim of a complex prank engineered by New Mexico tech students. What? Who planned the whole business to get Zamora. You know, it's like an animal house situation. You know how we're going to show that one cop? Right. right. (laughs) Here's here's the plan. He's chasing someone, right? Yeah. (laughs) Then what we do is... Right. Crash our spaceship that we have. Hey, yeah. next to the old dynamite shack. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get no. Lenny, get Shorty, put him out there. Yeah. And no. then just wait for that cop to be chasing somebody. Listen, this this and theory go time. This theory took a uh, it took a lot of, you know, it got a lot of steam. And and you know, it's so funny because they're like, "Oh, it was a, it was a hot air balloon." But you know, that's where the flame goes up into the balloon to get it moving mm-hmm. up. This is obviously was described a flame. Also, I'm going... sorry, a cop knows what a fucking hot air balloon looks well, like. Well, exactly, exactly. Even a cop from history times? Yeah. <laughs> Even a Cold War era cop? Well, what, what is that? Some kind of egg? Some kind of fancified egg? Years, That's true. We don't. Was he a Victorian policeman? You know, years later, that same astronomer, uh, after after Hynek suggested this to some Socorro citizens who discounted that whole idea, he later misidentified, maybe Menzel argued that Zamora had misidentified a dust devil. Um also, oh, come on. I mean, come what's on. a dust devil? It's, it's, like a, it's like a, like a, mini, a tornado. mini tornado. It's not really a tornado. It's just a breeze. They got lost. Now, <laughs> one of the more one oh. of the more interesting um, <laughs> one of the more interesting theories was that NASA was testing an early engineering model of Surveyor, the lunar probe that went to the moon, and records show it was being tested at White Sands Air Base. Uh, and then they say it was flown dangling from a White Bell helicopter. You know, to which I'll say, give me a break. You know, if they're going to fly some top secret. Um, you know, moon landing equipment. They're certainly not going to do it outside of the range. Of next their... to the road. Yeah, next the to highway. the road. Yeah, exactly. I, I, we've talked about this on the show. I've been through Area 51. That Area 51 is nowhere near that highway. You have to go so far off the main road to get near there. Yeah. I mean, yes, they're flying like stealth bombers over, but those aren't secret anymore. Well, I just think it's a terrible, terrible explanation. I mean, you know, um, yeah. And so these skeptics, they seem to, you know, nobody just wanted to accept that it, it, it was what it was, which was, a, a, you know, straight up spaceship, a straight up spaceship. <laughs> man. I mean, I, I appreciate you playing along with this, Ben. But do you really feel like if you had to, if you laid your head down tonight on your pillow? Uh-huh. And thought well, that's, that's what I'm gonna do, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna? Are you How like? Am I gonna yeah, explain that to myself? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, there's, there's no there's right or wrong many, answer. Well, there's too many details to like. There's there's not enough information for me to go. I don't have. I'm. I wish I were the kind of uh, super intellectually curious all the time guy, so that I'd compiled in my head a, a laundry list of questions mm. to to uh, to ask that. Th- that story that will not have more answers than you read or uh, or enough to go, oh, yeah, probably that happened. Like, there's, who knows? That's, uh, it's a great story well told. It, but who knows? Like, why, why would you pull a thread of it based on having no more information than that? You know? I guess just because I asked you to. <laughs> no, and I'm saying, like, I'm not, when I rest my head, I'll be like, that was a good story. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, like, well. Um, it, 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 it tracks like I would I would watch that movie and like be on the side of it being a real thing in that movie. Well, like Bryce, helpful? let no. me ask you this: If Bryce, as Bryce said, does it does it help sway? If you're like, well, man, a cop in Arizona saw something like this in the '60s, maybe it's uh, puts one more, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was the ideal witness coin as, in the piggy bank know. of this is possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. What? Yeah. No, I'd like to believe in more stuff. Yeah. One I'm, theory, Ben, that I think you'll like. <laughs> you know, the problem is I don't believe in enough. <laughs> Remember that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 One theory I think you might but like. Maybe it was mermaids. It might have been. I know. It was eyes. mermaids. Is a mermaid like a mermaid that's a maid? Hmm. Is, is it, a mer- like mermaids have mermaids? You said uh, yeah, like to clean if, up the. You said mermaid. Oh, that's mermaid. regional. Is it? <laughs> Instead of mermaid, I thought maybe a mermaid is a mermaid that's a maid. A mermaid. A house cleaner. Yeah, that's not. Okay. Yeah, that's not what I meant, but. Possible. You know, if it it gets you more people on Patreon. You know, some suggest, (laughs) 
that this was supposed to be a diplomatic exchange at White Sands Air Base with top U.S. government officials and these two extraterrestrial emissaries, as suggested in Chapter 5 of the Majestic 12's Special Operations Manual. Dude, have um, we ever talked about Majestic 12 on this podcast? No, but we need to. Oh, yes, we do. Now, so they have a Special Operations Manual, and there's a section titled EBEs and Encounters, and EBE is an extraterrestrial biological entity, and it's stated as follows, encounters will take place at military installations or other obscure locations selected by mutual agreement. So, you know, those who are, believe this was a craft of extraterrestrial origin, they uh, some theories are out there that, oh, they just got the coordinates wrong and that they, mm. uh, they mislanded their craft. They got all the way out there. When really they had a planned meeting with, uh, you know, top secret government intel at White Sands. Love they it. just overshot it, you know. Uh, and it did take off back again. They got back in their craft, and it hovered uh, no more than 20 they feet. They were standing outside of there waiting, going, where the fuck where is... Where the fuck are Also, these why guys? are we doing this by the side of this road? <laughs> There's yeah. a dynamite that... shack. That's dangerous. Yeah. Is... I know, I know. We Who... ended up near a dynamite shack. You know what? Calling the truce <laughs> off. It's over. You know, you another another interesting thing about that dynamite shack, too. Ray Stanford, the author of that book, Socorro Saucer, he went back out there a few months later. Now, this is where it gets weird. And uh, as if vampires. it wasn't weird this enough. Is, this is where it gets weird. Yeah. But no, he took a picture of uh, that dynamite shack. And because somebody he'd, he'd heard on like uh, somebody asked, well, who owned the dynamite shack? So he went back out and he took photographs of the dynamite shack and the sign above it. And when he went back to look at his film, I love this. We always talk about when you go back to look at the film, he saw in the distance that a white oval-shaped object with landing legs. What? In that photo. It's Where's true. that picture? He's never released it. Oh, um, no. But he this said This guy is making us look like fools. I know. But you know, it's it's part of this thing where it's like there's always like this super strange element of like high strangeness to these stories there whereas like okay so he went back like months later and in some photograph he sees that same crap Stanford did yeah Ray wow. Stanford okay um, and he wrote the book. He wrote the book on it. Why didn't he put the photo in the book? You know, he said he said because he took a lot of flack for um you know, um on his position on what this thing was, its propulsion system and whatnot. And so, you know, it, he's kind of left it to his this is his ace in the sleeve and and he said he will release it someday soon. Right. You know, and just to let you know, the time is now. He's not just some casual observer. He was also a uh um, a paleontologist, so he finds fossil bones, and he's got some of his dinosaur bones in the Smithsonian. So he is a qualified observer of of, of things and a of care- bones of bones and no also slouch. yeah, he's no slouch. He has a scientific mind and body. And but you know, I could have left the story just there and not said anything about that about his photo where where he picked it up again. But this is that type of strange shit that happens in this phenomena where even you said it, you know, I believe the person who said they saw it, you know, mm-hmm. there's something that I believe is taking place with, uh, you know, and he's he's been no stranger to attract phenomena himself. He's also stated that he has all kinds of film and photographic evidence of flying things, flying saucers. So there seems to be this this like some people just attract these things, you know, I'm not discounting anything of what happened to Lonnie Zamora, but it certainly adds a, an extra strange element to this story. Um, I'm hoping more weird stuff happens to us now that we have this podcast. <laughs> I was traveling one time and, and uh, in Italy, uh, which is arguably not important to the story. I met someone at a hostel and I had been living in, London and they played The Exorcist on the big screen mm. and I was talking about how like it's a great movie to see on the big screen for sure like it you can't watch it on your small TV uh you need that experience and she went who don't even talk to me about that I was like a movie she was like D- that demo stuff she shortened demon to demo right she didn't want to say the name she's like you know how you like when you're talking about it it kind of like feels weird uh-huh. just in the talking about it she's like that's them listening <laughs> and and if you talk enough about it, they'd be like, uh, I guess they want to visit. That's where the expression yeah, speak of the in. devil comes from. Wow. Yeah. That, that lady. That's what it's about. Yeah, I found it. She her. made it up. <laughs> no, but that's, that's <laughs> what it means. Origin. Uh, origin. Um, yeah. Well, I love that story. Yeah. It's great. Um, I also wonder if, uh, who created Mork and Mindy? They must have heard that Gary story. Gary Marshall. Yeah, Gary Marshall. Mm. They must have heard that because Mork flies around in a white egg. Yeah. It's not no. too long before Mork and Mindy. Well, it's strange. And you know what's, what's <laughs> Or great? when Mork and Mindy was set. Yeah. It's true. 
What's right. great about it, it has was, a lot yeah. of well, uh, I think Mork and Mindy started in the fifties, uh-huh, and happy days. Yeah. And then I think it ended up in the seventies huh. in Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado for sure. Boulder, right? Yeah, Boulder. But why why did he, he did like weird. I don't he, think he the, didn't know Mindy and he didn't meet no, her. No, he just hung out with the Fonz. He hung out with the Fonz and then he was maybe like traveling for another time. I guess. I don't years. know. I don't know. Colors. Like continuity back then wasn't as important. <laughs> People didn't care. Yeah. Mm. Just like right. they don't care about Bigfoot enough yeah, to put Just these. like we don't. Guys, please, special request, Bigfoot Hunters, let's like tighten up these YouTube you know videos what? and get and, some good audio clips. Get us some Mork and Mindy answers, Bigfoot Hunters. Yes. Bigfoot I, Hunters, send I, in all your Mork and Mindy trivia. I had a thought, you know, it's like we've, we've done a few episodes now and each each kind of alien or UFO story, they get they almost seem to get weirder and weirder. And no alien, it looks exactly alike. You know, there there's, there seems to be like they all have these different looks or different feelings to them. And, and you know, I saw Solo this weekend with my with my kid and I was like... Yeah, it makes sense. There's a lot of different kinds of uh, a lot of different characters out there, yep. you know. So maybe the galaxy or the universe is just teeming. That's what I think. With all different kinds of species that are, um, you know, visiting this planet and you know messing with people or why not or, or handling their business. You Giant know? galactic aquarium. Yeah, well, you know, a galactic federation of sorts, you know, and who who knows? But I a mean, secret one. Yeah, but a secret one. Yeah. Yes, or it one we cool. are. Well, we know about it. We're in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we, but we're we not, get it. But like, humanity's not really been invited to the table yet. Right. We you don't know. have the manners. Yet. We gotta. Yeah. The yokels that manners? don't come inside. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this wraps up another episode of Bigfoot <laughs> Collectors Club. Uh, I want to thank our guest Ben Acker for joining us. You're I welcome. Appreciate it so thank much. You, I Thanks hope for you having had me. Fun. I did have fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, hope I was fun for you. Oh yeah, you were. And, uh, absolutely. I, and and you've agreed to uh, stick around mm-hmm. and tell us a story, a bit of a ghost story that is going to go up on the Patreon mm-hmm. feed. So if you want to hear Ben's uh, uh, episode or additional story, you can. Subscribe to the Pop Patreon and get that and some uh, uh, so many uh, so much more. So that'll be over there for you guys to listen to right now. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, where can people find you? Should you wish to be found? You can find me on the social media at B N A C K E R. Nice. Ben Anchor. Uh, yeah, the what's E was going taken. What's with Thrilling Adventure Hour right now? There's a comic book. Right at this exact moment, there is a comic book coming out uh, probably this month from Boom Studios Thrilling Adventure Hour Beyond Belief, issue one uh, Sweet. in July. And we're doing four issues of Beyond Belief and then four issues of Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. Nice. Uh, and- if you like ghost stories, Check out Beyond Belief. There's some ghost. Did you say Sparks, Nevada? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's where I was from. Nice. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I saw it in an Ooh, atlas when I was a teenager and was like, that's the name of my, uh, my uh, genre Marshall hero. on oh Mars. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, they, they say about Reno, it's so close to hell you can see Sparks. Nice. Yeah, so uh, that's where I was born, Reno, Nevada. It should be called Flames, Nevada, if that's... Listen... Everybody, get out your atlas at Humor <laughs> Michael. Uh, Bryce. Change the name of Yes. Thank you for your story today. Where can people find you? I'm on all the social media accounts, but feel free to follow our Bigfoot Collectors podcast on our social media accounts. We do a, a tremendous job of uh, putting up pictures and stuff that go along with our stories of high strangeness, so please check those out. And if you're interested in more bonus material... I already you, told you where to go. You, Michael told you where to go. Yeah. Riley, what about you? You know, photos of garbage, at trash bag hashtag on Instagram. <laughs> That's it. That's all the social media I do. I'm waiting for this to finally cross over to a podcast where you take a photo of like a crash flying saucer. That oh, would be I, the I, ultimate posted, trash bag well, hashtag. I've, I've posted space garbage on, oh. the, on the trash bag. <laughs> go back There's a look. lot of space garbage. It's a big problem, actually. What Guys, do you mean? space garbage is the name of your spinoff podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. Uh, it should be our the name of the show right now, probably. Um, I want to thank our <laughs> guest. Again, I want to thank my co-host and my producer. Uh, you can find me on all the social media as well. I'd like to thank the band Sun Eaters for our music from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Until next time, we remain Bigfoot Collectors Club. Keep your eyes on the sky. Bigfoot's not in the sky. Sometimes he is. Oh. I gotta listen to more. Yeah. <laughs> it's all uh, over the place. Sure is. Bye, guys. Later. Bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. <laughs> 